It's a, a real honor, a real privilege to be here today with you and to uh, just uh, share the Word of God with you and uh, to share what God has been doing in, in our lives, in our ministry, in the areas that we go through, we go to. As you probably know from introductions from previously before, previous years, uh, my husband and I pastor Thunderchild First Nation. And he, right now he is ministering there already. <laughs> we start at 1030. So, so he's ministering there right now and I'm over here. And we have somebody coming in to do the music because I'm the musician of our church. <laughs> Jack of all trades. <laughs> but praise the Lord. I realize that not many of you do know me. You do know about me. And uh, most of you probably don't know things about how my life has been. Stuff. But I just want to take a, uh, the time to introduce myself. Um, I come from a family of 10 in Magwasagig and First Nation, which is Loon Lake, Saskatchewan. And I am the, a middle child of this 10. So they always say the middle children are the ones that kind of hold everything together. So I'm holding these guys together, and I'm holding these guys together. <laughs> Keep the 10 together. <laughs> and um, I was born to Joseph and Stella Mitzwing in, in Loon Lake. And um, we grew up, of course, in a real box housing that my dad had built and which was only about two bedrooms in there so you can imagine you know having a bunch of kids raising a bunch of kids with only two bedrooms and, uh, you know the sleeping order was not in order <laughs> but uh praise god um i first heard about jesus christ when we were actually in a sundance we were at a cultural event, and uh, we were just little little kids then. And um, a, a lady came by. We were at this cultural event. A lady came by. Um, she, she asked us, you guys want to come to church? I didn't know what. So my friends and I, of course, you know, we're always looking for something new. As little children, you always find that something, you know, some, some event. We went to the church, and that was the corner church at Loon Lake, the old, old building. And um, we went there. We I didn't I didn't know nobody. I didn't know who this Jesus was talking. About. I I wasn't really paying much attention. All I know is the girl said, "Go up." I said, "What am I supposed to do? Go ask. Say say to that man up there, I want Jesus in my heart." Okay, I thought that's simple enough. I went up to the front. That lady. It was a lady that came up, and I, I said, "I want Jesus in my heart." I accepted Jesus in my heart. She led me in this prayer. Three nights in a row, I accepted Jesus in my heart. Because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Only to be told after I that last, that third time. When I went and sat down, that lady got up. That She was the same lady praying for me. That lady got up and said, you know, when you ask Jesus into your heart, you only need to receive him just once and he's there. You don't have to keep coming asking Jesus. Jesus, I want you in my heart. Jesus, I want you in my heart. So I took that as a note. Okay, she doesn't want me to go up there anymore because you know, <laughs> she's, she's, she's tired of praying for me. But I still did not know who Jesus Christ was until um, a few years later. I must have been about, about 10, 11 years old. Uh, there was some mission people that came to uh, to. Magosagegan, picking up kids. And um, I, I got introduced. I, I, I like hanging out with the, the kids. It's very important children's ministry. Very important. Because I, I, I started to hear about this Jesus as a little child, as a young, young girl. And um, they came out, pick what they would pick kids up. And, and still, and still, even though... I was going to these events. I still did not really get to know who Jesus Christ was as my own personal, personal Savior. I went to a camp meeting, and this man got introduced at this camp meeting. I, all, all I remember is this man got up, and that was my first blonde man I've ever seen. <laughs> Pastor David Vance. <laughs> 
And he was introduced, and they were saying that he's taking over the church and the, the, the old building. So, of course, you know, I was so drawn to him. Because first off, it was because of his hair. <laughs> As an Indian girl, you know, we don't have very many blonde, blonde people around. <laughs> and um, I started, I started um, going to the church, and I, and I noticed Pastor David really presented Jesus Christ for who he and I remember going up and really accept, really accepting Jesus Christ in my heart, into my life. And I was serious about it because he introduced a man to me that was real. And I, and I got to listen. And in my life at that time, it wasn't, um, um, there was things going on. There was uh, a lot of things going on in home around our area that was happening. A lot of us kids at that time were being abused. We were facing all sorts of abuse. None of us wanted to. We, we would talk amongst ourselves. But it was like it was a hidden thing. You don't talk about stuff like that. And when I accepted Jesus Christ seriously in my life at that I honestly, honestly have to say that abuse, it stopped. I would go into my room, I would pray because I had a God that I could talk to. I had Jesus now who I could talk to. And I would, I would pray, Lord, you know, and I would give him this thing. And you know that abuse stopped. I really felt God's protection. But in, 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 my, in, my, in, in that life too, when as going to church, hearing the word of God, Jesus become re- becoming real in me, and realizing I, I had a friend, I had someone that really loved me. I have somebody that cares enough about me as a young girl to care about what's going on. And the love of Christ came into my, into my heart. The more I heard about the word, the more I would hear Pastor David preach about the word. And I remember going up, he would, he would talk in tongues. I remember go, coming up as a bunch of us of we got a lot of kids coming. <laughs> That's the other thing. I would tell my friends, come on, you got to come to church. Come on, you got to come. You know, and, and I would get all my friends to come. But I remember going up, and um, I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. And he would ask him up for prayer. And I would go up, and I was like, it was like I felt like, you know, being cold. You were cold, you know, like shivering. And I wouldn't tell nobody. It wasn't until a few times later um, I came up, and I told Pastor, I'm standing on this side, and uh, Pastor David is coming to pray. And I, and I told him, I said, Pastor David, I don't know what's wrong, but every time I come up, every time I come up here for prayer, I just start shaking in my mouth, just, you know, just like I'm cold, I told him. And you know what? He went, Praise the Lord! It's the Holy Spirit! And he really scared me. <laughs> <laughs> he scared me, and uh, he explained to me that it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he, was, he was just excited for me. <laughs> but he led me in prayer, and uh, I began to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But during that time, too, he would always tell us, he said, I'm going to the States. I'm going to, to the States. I'm going to get married. I'm going to bring her back. So, you know, he... Um, um, all of us kids, we, we were waiting. He left. Obviously, you know, we're waiting for this woman to come back, his bride. And um, so when she came back, when she came to Canada, came to our church, I mean, I must, when I think about it now, Pastor Brownie, I wonder what you saw, you know, like a bunch of little brown faces, you know, looking at <laughs> But... You know, uh, we, we uh, as curious as teenagers are, <laughs> preteens at that time, but um, we, we just, we wanted to get to know her. And uh, I thank God that she showered us with love. And it was a ministry that was put together, a whole ministry, and took on all these kids. And uh, we just uh, hung on to them. We hung on to Pastor David and we hung on to Pastor and they adopted us. They, I, you know what? I wanted, I wanted Pastor David and Brownie to adopt me. 
like, take me out of my home, please. I want to I wanna live with you guys. And uh, if they could, they would have. I, I do have to say that. If they had a bigger house and if they could take us all in, they, they, they would have. But praise God, they were still raising us up in the things of Christ, in the things of God, giving us the word, teaching us. Pastor Brownlee taking the organ, the first time i ever seen anybody play a piano. Like everything, the first things, a lot of times with Pastor Brownie, Brownie and David. And um, they took us, trained us, taught us. And I remember when the first faith step that I ever took, Pastor David praying for people and saying that you can lay hands on a stick and they will recover. And uh, I, I have a cousin, I had a cousin. I took her from town. She was very sick. We walked all the way home, which is three miles to where I live. We walked all the way home. And all through that walking the way home, she's sick, like she's really sick. And I'm go- taking her home to go take care of her. And I remember just in me, the burning in me, lay hands on her, pray for her. And I was too I was like, like this is going to be my first. And I took her home. I put her in my bed, and I'm outside the room pacing back and pacing back and, you know, like, and in me was lay hands on, pray for. And finally, I, I obeyed. I went into the room. I said, Lena, can I, can, I, can I pray for you? Yes. And then I just quickly, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I took off from the room. <laughs> and you know what happened? She got healed. <laughs> praise the lord and to pray over food now i I finished telling you about being in a household of 10 but there's also my my older sisters that had grandchildren added to that so and uh, uh, we lived i was talking to my daughter just the other day but we lived only on soup because soup will go a long ways to feed a mouthful of people we didn't have a full course, three course meal or anything, or two course if there is even one, but it was bannock and soup. And uh, we had, we didn't have big pots. We had just small, small pots. And uh, my mom made the soup. I was helping her. I was such a good girl when I got saved. I mean, man, I was obeying my parents. I was cleaning the house. She didn't have, even have to tell me to clean the house. I was doing it because I wanted to please God, and I was, I was so good. <laughs> I'm still good, <laughs> but um, I was helping my mom make make the soup, and I'm I'm looking at the soup and I'm getting it ready, and I'm thinking, God, there's not enough here to feed all of us. So I prayed, I prayed, I prayed for that there will be enough soup to feed everybody in in, in our household, you know. And uh, we I finished praying. Did you know there was more than enough in that soup and there was even left over? I mean, talk about how God can move on things. And this, and this is coming from a young Native girl trying to learn how to pray, learning to take the step and walk in faith. This is the kind of God that we, is that you need to step out, believe God for who he says he is, and step out into that. Don't fight with it. Don't wrestle with it. Just if he says he's God, okay, you're God. You know, you don't ponder within your own self and think, well, I don't know, Lord. I don't know if you're going to do this. I don't know, God. No, God is God. He'll show his, himself forth through you, through you and around you. Amen? And skipping forward to in my life, as, um, as uh, time went on, um, I moved away from, uh, from Loon Lake. I rebelled against the Lord. That's the sad part of my life, that one. <laughs> I rebelled against God. And I remember running away from Pastor David and Brownie. They didn't chase me, but I ran because it was the conviction of my heart. It was the Holy Spirit convicting me. But God, in his great mercy, took me from where I was trying to run from and brought me back. And his plan for me was still good. His plan for me was everything that he had wanted for me. I was starting to teach children. I was starting to go up and sing 
we were, a bunch of us kids were going up and we would sing. And Pastor Brownie and David would teach us the, the song. And because of those songs, my parents, when they were, uh, uh, there was a lot of drinking going on, I was the entertainment of their party. Because <laughs> there was no stereos. <laughs> Why not get Elvina to sing? So I, they would come wake me up, and, I'd, and my dad would sit me on a table, sing, you know, and I would, I would sing. What did I know? Christian songs. I would sing those songs. And you know, I had tr- drunk uh, people sitting around crying <laughs> at my own church. <laughs> and, I, and I remember my friends, when my, my mom and dad would party well, then we would do something. I told my friends, come on over, let's play. And we played church. We played church. I said, okay, we're going to have church. Uh, who's going to be the preacher? You are, Elvina. Well, who's going to be the singer? You are, Elvina. Well, okay. All right, you be the sinners. I'll pray for you. <laughs> so we would, we would uh, and so I would start singing. And one thing about me is that I love singing. I love singing to records. I just love singing. And I still do today. It's my gift. My, God has given me that, and I give it back to God in worship and in praise. When we were practicing uh, this, this, this service, I'm up here singing by the table. Of course, uh, the altar came, became our, the table became our altar. And then I'm preaching. Well, what do I know how to preach about? Jesus. What I heard in what they taught me is what I was telling my friends. And then, you know what? It, I know God honored that mini service, I would have to say, even though we were just playing, because my friends were crying, and we, I was praying for them. Who knew God was going to use that? And I never knew. If God was to say, I'm going to take you into ministry, I said, no, 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 Lord, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, God. But God sees the heart that he has planted with you. He sees your heart, your heart's desire. He sees where your love has began. Amen? He knows the passions that you have. Um, when I had, um, I'm going to skip forward. Um, I met my husband. Uh, we got married in Saskatoon. I was only 19. We got married in Saskatoon. But we stayed over there and uh, for maybe a couple of years. And we had moved back to Thunderchild. And uh, we weren't, we weren't, uh, my husband was going to um, a Bible college. And when we moved back home to Thunder, it was just a spur of a moment decision. That, uh, uh, what would you think if we moved back to Never living on Thunderchild, never being on Thunderchild, you know, uh, never knowing the people there, and we moved back to Thunderchild. And um, we didn't have no plans of a ministry, but we were hungry for it. And uh, when we came back, we shopped for a church. We looked for a church. And it wasn't until we went to Loon Lake to go visit, which is an hour north. We went to Loon Lake to visit. We, I told my husband, we need to stop in. So we stopped in, and inter- I introduced my husband, Pastor David and Pastor Brown. As soon as I walked in, the Lord said, this, and we're still there. Amen. Praise God. God has done marvelous, marvelous things in my life, my family's life. My parents began to, uh, because of God changing things in my life, and just sharing the word with everyone, the Lord was moving upon my whole family. My parents, uh, they had uh, stopped drinking. They quit. And pretty soon, the, the children, um, my brothers and sisters, I would have to say all my family is saved. And we are all saved. And um, that's God's goodness. That's God's goodness. And I have to say, in Makosaigegan, our family is looked upon as everybody sees us as close, every, everybody sees us as God. Is. And that's a witness in itself. So wherever you're at, wherever your family is, you can be a witness. 
to whoever is around you. You can, you can be that answer that God needs you to be to your family. Because you have a word inside of you, planted inside of you. God has given you. Every word you have heard in this church through the preaching of the word, every word that you hear, as you bring it forth, you're bringing life to every situation. Amen? You bring life to your family. You bring life to your community. You bring life to every, everyone around you. Because God's word is true. His word remains true, and he does not. Our God is a good God. Amen? He is a good God. God has been, God has been doing a lot with, our, with uh, the ministry of ours that the Lord has brought us into. And um, we, when we moved back to Thunderchild, uh, we invited Pastor David to come out and have a house service because we were hungry to want to dedicate this house, house we got. But we did not know the plan that God had. And from there, then from house meeting to house meeting, there was no church in Thunderchild. There was just a tiny bit of Christian, but no church. And um, a house meeting, a house meeting, a house meeting, a house meeting, and I was having fun. <laughs> I was having a lot of fun. And um, uh, we just, we just uh, from there, a church started to be planted. And also from there, children began to come into our home like they in one door out the other was like uh, we had children started a children's ministry pastor david taught me gave me the curriculum pastor brownie and um, started teaching the kids now those kids today are all growing up they have families up there of their own and they they always remember coming to my house being taught the word of god i remember that and you know they talk about it and um, through, through that, um, God has established us as a ministry in Thunderchild. And God has taken us also to places that I said I would never go back. When I left Loon Lake, I said, I'll never go back to Loon Lake. When I left this reservation, I'll never go back to that. But never say never because God will send you back to those very places because you are to bring a word of deliverance to those people. And God has sent me back to those places to, to minister to the ones that even said they hated me. <laughs> I love that when God does that. <laughs> because he can cause peace to come between you and your and whoever wanted to be your enemy. That's a promise of the Lord. And um, we have gone forth to other First Nations. I always thought, and I've said this before, I always thought, God, you call us in the ministry, you'll send us to the warm place. You'll send us down south. But no, God has been sending us up north. <laughs> We've been to other communities. I've been in missions trips with uh, Pastor Brownie, Pastor David. We've gone up north to go minister the word of God. And you know that the very heart of God does not, and the heart that God has planted in you doesn't change. Because if you think that you can be hard-hearted and say, oh, I'm not going to feel no more. No, with God, you're always going to feel. Every place I have gone to, guaranteed, I will always cry. And um, why? Because you fall in love with the very people that you meet. It's the love that God has planted inside of us. He has given that love inside of you to love on others. And it's that love that's going to drive you to do something for the Lord, amen, to do something for God. We have a hurting communities all over, around us. It doesn't take much for us to look, open the doors to hurting families. But we have an answer, and that's through Jesus Christ, amen. We have the Lord, and that's how we need to give them the Lord. We need to give them a hope where there seems to be no hope. We need to give them answers where there seems to be no answers. And God is that answer. He is that answer. And the Lord can bring healing where there seems to be healing cannot come. I have seen him over and over and over. Even today, I have seen him bring healing to situations where there doesn't seem to be, like, God, how can this possibly, you know, be healed? And I have seen God move in that situation and just begin to heal families, to begin to heal a person. Amen? You know, just recently, uh, three years ago, 
has been, I would have to say, it's been a very trying three years. Not, I shouldn't say trying. Erase that. I'll erase that, Lord. Not trying. Um, we had, uh, when I was talking, I'm just going to quickly go back to what I just said about children. God gave me a dream. I was asking him, Lord, what, is, what, what should I do? What am I supposed to do? And he gave me this dream. He, it was my house, and I saw a bush around me, around my house. And God told me, step outside. And this is my dream. And I stepped outside, and I'm looking. And he says, look to the bush. And I began to look into this bush, into the bushes. And all of a sudden, I seen tiny eyes all through the bush. And I've seen, I've seen children coming out. And as they were coming to my house, I was opening it up, and I was taking it, these kids. And I didn't know I was going to be going into the foster parenting thing, but we've had 100 kids come to our house. And out of those, those children, we adopted two of them. We took two of them. They stayed with us. They remained in our household. Uh, one of them um, gave us six children. And three years ago, she, you know, I, I won't full detail, but she's gone on to be with the Lord. And um, that was a tough thing to, to walk through. But because, listen to this, because of the minister's conference I've been to, because of Pastor Tracy's faith, because of all the word that's been planted in me, even though my world was shook in my own standards, in my own standards, my world was shook, shaken up. The word of God sustained us. The word of God kept us. And the word of God is the what got us through all of that. And um, when, um, <clears throat> when um, I was here, minister's conference, after it happened, and every, every, everything in me said this was only just a, a, probably a month after we lost our daughter. And uh, we came here to the minister's conference, and everything in me was like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be under, the, I don't want to see nobody because that's the emotion, right? I don't want to see nobody, but we came. Because my husband said, we're going to come. <laughs> so thank God for my husband. My husband's husband, one husband. <laughs> and and um, we came and all the words that they spoke were words of life. I was like drowning, and I needed a lifeline. And the words that they spoke, they were my lifeline. I hung on to them. I needed to hang on to something. And I hung on to the word, to the, to the worship, to the praise. I hung on to it. I needed something to hang on to. And I thank God. Man, his love. His love. We'll see you through it all. Oh, God is so good. I'm a witness today to say, God, you are so good. He is so good. Walking through, uh, walking with us through that, and then having to have a diagnosis of cancer upon my husband, I thought that's one, one blow after another. And, um, but you know what? The Lord told me through that. Take it day to day. Don't even think about, don't try and think about tomorrow, what tomorrow could be. Take it day to day and stay in his word. And uh, I stood on his word. And I kept, we kept speaking to that cancer, commanding it to die. You're not going to claim my husband's life. You're, you're going to die in his name. And uh, you're not going to go anywhere in his body and all this stuff. Well, you know, today my husband is cancer-free, praise God. They got, they got all of it. They did not, he did not need to have radiation and uh, uh, chemo because they thought that he needed that. We said, nope, God's word says, God's word says he is the healer. He is the free. And uh, praise God, he is. Amen. <laughs> That's just a little bit of, what, <laughs> of my life story. <laughs> But praise God, here I am today. I'm standing before you. 
I've, we've been, every one of us, there's a song out there, just everyone's got a story to tell. We all have a story to tell. But I want my story to be a glorious story. I could sit back and have those woe is me moments. Woe is me. Look at what happened to me. You know, feel sorry for me. Pat my back. Oh, that's another thing. The Lord will not feel sorry for you when you're in that state. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> He's not going to. <laughs> He's not going to feel sorry for you. He is going to, in his loving way, tell you, you know what to do. Get up. Get up. Get up and keep going. Amen. I was just sharing with Pastor Brownie. I was having my woe is me moment. <laughs> I was crying. And the Lord said, what are you crying about? And I'm like, well, God, you know, everything, all this stuff, and God, you know, I'm trying to say. And he asked me again, what are you? And uh, that really struck me. That when, when am I crying about? What are these tears shed? And uh, the Lord just uh, softly speaks to me, lifts me up, gives me his word, and he speaks life to us. Amen? That's... This is who I am. This is Alvina Thunderchild. I still love praise and worship today. I love singing. I love praying for people. And I still love bringing in people to church. I will invite them. I will tell them to come. I'm still the same person. Because God in me is alive. God in me is true. And I know who he is because I have a fellowship. I have a relationship with my Lord. I have a talk one-on-one -on -one with him. And he is my daddy. He is my father. I am his precious child. And I, I just love the Lord. I'm just going to share something with you real quick here in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 1.24, Ezekiel had a vision. And I'm using a new uh, King James version. New King James. Ezekiel 124. I'm going to share with you a little while, after a little while, what I saw here during the, the minister's conference. It says, actually go to 22. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures were like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads. And under the firmament, their wings spread straight one toward another. Each one had two which covered one side, and each one had two which covered the other side of the body. When they, when, they, when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty, a tumult like the noise of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. A voice came from above the firmament, which was over their heads, Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. And above the firmament, over their heads, was like the likeness of a throne. In appearance, like sapphire stone. In the likeness of a throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Also, from the appearance of his waist, his waist upward, I saw, as it were, the color of amber, which, with the appearance of fire all around within it, and from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. This was the, this was the appearing of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Listen to that. It was describing the likeness, the appearance of the glory of Let's go down to, in Daniel 7, I'm just going to give a few scriptures here. Daniel had the same vision in Daniel 7, verse, uh, verse 7, uh, Daniel 7, verse 9. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, his hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a very fiery flame, its wheels 
a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from, from before him. A thousand, a thousand ministered to him. Ten thousands, ten thousands stood before him. And the court was seated and the books were opened. Just going to go into verse 13. I was watching in a night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to them was given dominion. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Amen? It says, then to him was given dominion. Means he has all supreme authority. He's given that right. He has that dominion. He says, to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. That all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. It says in verse, in um, Revelations 1, 5. Hallelujah. This is John's vision in verse 5. <clears throat> and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and a ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So first off, where we read earlier, where to Jesus, that kingdom, he said he's been given a kingdom, amen? He's been given dominion, and it will reign forever and ever. Here it says, he says, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he has made us kings, he has made us to be a kingdom. New American Standard says, He has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory, glory and the dominion forever and ever. When we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives, when I first accepted the Lord into my life, I took it lightly, not knowing that I was taking on his kingdom into me. That he was going to that I was going to reign with him, that he has given me a kingdom, and that he has given me, he has made me to be a priest before him. He says here that he has made us to be kings. You have been made to be more than a conqueror. If Jesus was given over that dominion and to and he has given us. That same dominion, don't you think it's about time we practice that, that we use that dominion? Because a lot of times I have allowed Satan to come and beat me up. I have allowed him a lot of times to come and, and throw things at me. And, law, and there were times where I forgot to use that dominion, that kingdom that I rightly have as his child, as God's child. I, but then when I realize who I am in Christ, when I take on and I remember and I take on, it's like, come on, boy, show yourself. See what you can do. It's like I, I become this, this strong person all of a sudden because I'm, begin, I'm realizing who I am in God. When suicide hit our home, I was on a rampage. I was on a rampage. I wanted the devil to show his face to me. I want you to show your face because I want to beat you up for what you've done. And instead... What did Jesus do? Jesus took me to his word. What did he do when John passed away? Did he go beat up the devil? How did he do it? No, he went and preached the word of God. He went and preached the word of God, and he got people. He got them to be free. Amen? He got them to be free. And Jesus was, 
showing me this is the very approach I need to take, that I need to go and minister. I need to go and share who Jesus Christ is and set the captives free. Amen? Set those captives free and give them to them. Who is Christ? Who is he? He's not just Jesus who went and that. Yes, he died for us, but there's more to that. He has a kingdom. He's our king. He's our priest. But he has given us that same kingdom to us. He has given it to you. He has given it to me where we can speak forth his word. Just recently, we were in a Stanley mission, and Fred told me to minister to this woman. She was so angry. She was so angry because of what was taking place in her life. She was angry for the things that are going on, the suicides that were happening in that community. And um, as I was praying for her, I, I asked her, you know, I, go, I always ask, do you have Jesus? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? And there was many people that accepted Jesus in, during those services in Stanley Mission. There was children also that received Jesus. But as I was praying for her, the Lord said to me, he said, tell her it's by what she said. It's by what she says I will act upon. And... Um, you know, I just, uh, I, I began to minister to her, and I told her what God said. It's by what you say that God will do. So if you say, you know, and, and I started talking to her, man, you know, she was, she went out of there free. That I am free. I am no longer this way. I, you know, and just, and um, she, by what she said, and there was such a peace that came over her. He was delivered from that, all that anger, set free from that. But in, in Ezekiel 2, it was talking about where he said that, where God was telling Ezekiel, he said that, I'm sending you to a people, and many of them are not going to listen. But you know what, Ezekiel, and I'm paraphrasing, Ezekiel, you go anyway. You go anyway, and you tell them. You speak forth. You tell them. Many may not listen, but you keep saying it anyway. And many may say something against you, but you tell them anyway. You stick to it, Ezekiel. You go at it. And then Ezekiel said, the spirit entered into me, and he went out in haste. He went out in the spirit of God. And he went out and spoke what the word says. Aren't we given that same thing by his Holy Spirit, that what, is what his commandment said, what his commission was, go forth, go into all the world? Amen and preach the gospel, give them the good news. I think the saddest thing our, our people are hearing today is bad news. Where You can turn on the TV, and there you go. There's bad news. There's sad news. There's things happening in our world. But how much more good news it is for an addict to hear, you can be free. Amen? How much more good news for a depression person to be, to be told, you can come out of this. Words of hope. Words of life to be given to everyone around us. How much more do we need to give out words of life? And that's the word that we have inside of us that we are able to do is go out and minister and tell everyone you can be free and you will be free in the name of Jesus. Offering them and giving them the kingdom that is within us. We need to start acting like king's kids. <laughs> a king's kid. I don't think, uh, what's his name? That um, Charles, Prince Charles would go out and, you know, act any way you want because the queen will, you know, will see to it that, no, this is the way you act because you're of royalty. You are of royal family and you will act this way. There are certain things that you have to do. Well, we're of royal family. There are things that we need to do. There are, there are people that we need to reach. There are children. Oh, my goodness. When we were in Stanley Mission, um, there was a little child that when we were praying, we were going in lines and praying, and there was a little child that, you know, I just, of course, you know, drawn to children, and I, I reached out to her, and, and I started talking to her, and do you, you know Jesus Christ? And, you know, uh, one child came over, another child came, And pretty soon I had a whole circle of children all around. And I'm practically yelling to tell them, like, because that's the only way they're going to hear above the music. And uh, I'm telling them who Jesus Christ is. And they all accepted Jesus into their lives. 
<laughs> they all accepted Jesus into their lives. But we need to give words of life. One thing the Lord told me is to speak and command things to live. Live. You will live in Jesus' name. Speak life to speak life. Amen? Amen? God is, is true to his word, and he will do everything according to his... Hebrews, Hebrews 1 says, uh, says, God, after he spoke long ago, Hebrews 1, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed error of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Amen. When he had made perfection of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much more better than the angels, he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Amen. It says here, that he says that we, he is the radiance of his glory and an exact representation of his nature. What is, what is it? Who is it that we truly believe in as Jesus Christ and as Lord of us? It's easy to say, Jesus, your Lord. Jesus, your Lord. Jesus, your Lord. But where is he Lord over us? Where is he Lord over you in how we speak, how we think? how we do things. Where is he, Lord, over us? I try, to, I try to meditate on this throughout the day. Lord, you know, like, Lord, are you my thoughts? Lord, are you, you know, trying and meditating on it? And, and I'm exercising. I'm exercising to see where, how much of God I put throughout my day. Put him in my work. Lord, are you, Lord, over my work? Lord, are you, Lord, over my cooking? Lord, are you, over Lord, over my cleaning? You know, and just, I just put him, try to put him throughout everything, throughout my day. Because we are king's children. We are a royal family. And we need to stand up. I am so, so tired of our northern community. And you know, um, they're suffering. There's things going on. And... We need to go and set the captives free. We need to give them words of life. There's so many things that Satan is trying to do. I had a phone call this morning before church from a lady up north whose family fell apart, and she's contemplating suicide. And I had to talk to her and just uh, bind. I said, before you say any more, I just went straight to prayer. I just attacked that spirit in the name of Jesus, coming against it. Why? Because I have words. You have words of life. You can give of yourself to others. Amen? We, we, you don't have to be like, um, you know, a musician to go out and be able to share. Well, Alvina, I have to reach this place. No, you start where you're at. You begin where you're at. Pastor Brownie, Pastor David always taught us it begins at home first. It starts at home first. That's the greatest thing they have taught us, even about going out in missions, going out in ministry. He said, it start at home first. Reach your people around you. Reach your families. Reach your relatives. Reach whoever you can. And then you go out. Because how you, how you minister to others where you're at is how you're going to minister to them. And if you bring bringing uh, life into situations here, God showing forth his power. Man, you can do lots out there. Amen? You can do a lot. Jesus is the answer. There was one uh, counselor that approached me about a couple weeks ago because of uh, the thing we went and did in, in uh, Stanley Mission and because um, of what was done in uh, Loon Lake and because of other places that have been, you know, the... the um, mission, the youth events, the children's outreaches. We had them in Thunderchild too. They, the Lloydminster team has come out to Thunderchild. They go to Loon Lake and um, other places. And the counselor approached me uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, Elvina, we need this here. 
He said, my, the elder and I and uh, some counselors, we were talking, we need it here. He said, is there something you can do to, to have, bring them here? I said, well, I have brought them here. <laughs> it's like we have been bringing them. We, we are doing this. You know, and he said, but he said, we, they've been bringing in workshops. They've been bringing in elders. They've been bringing in things that they thought, uh, that are, and don't, don't get me wrong, those, you know, they're, they're, they have a value to them. But there's no greater value of reaching the spirit of the person. God is able to do that. And they said, we need to reach the spirit of these kids. And that is what's missing. That is what's missing. He said, we need to bring them in. So we, we do have something scheduled for December for youth. And um, we're, we're, we're doing our part as a church to do our part in reaching those. Because it's, we've had another attempt in uh, Thunderchild just recently. But thank God. I know through prayer, oh, thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. I'm going to share something with you. <laughs> um, um, i just reminded of that. Thank you, Lord. Uh, this is what God said. Um, thank you, Lord. This is, what, this is what the Lord had shared upon... Um, in, in regards, I was in prayer about um, the communities. I was in prayer about our communities. Right here. In Ezekiel 3. In Ezekiel 3, uh, 7. But the house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to for all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against your faces, and your forehead strong against your foreheads. Like Adam and stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them, and do not be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words. Before you can go set somebody free, you need to receive everything that God says to you. You need to receive his word so that you can give it forth and, and set them free. It says, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. We have a responsibility every time we come to church. <laughs> we need to receive the word that's given to us and we need to listen with our ears. Amen. And then he says in verse 11, this is what, uh, there's this one. And he says, and go, <laughs> and go, get the captives, go get the captives to the children of your people and speak to them and tell them, thus saith the Lord, whether they listen or, or, or they don't or they refuse. He says, you go, you go get the captives. Even if they don't listen, you still go. Amen. You still go and tell them. And in verse 17, it says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. This is what the Lord gave me as I was doing all my, my studies. He said, I have set you as a watchman over your people. And, and I study, what's a watchman? You know, and I, we have night watchmen. They watch the night. <laughs> And uh, what's a watchman? A watchman is a person that's stationed at an area of a perimeter of a place. Stationed to, to stand guard and to stand guard against any dangers that may be coming. And then they warn the people. What the Lord said to me is that I have set you as a watchman over these people. And that every prayer that I pray over my community, over whatever it is I'm praying for, there is power over that. And I can, com I can command that the territorial spirits that are trying to come, cast them down in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I'm a watchman. I'm a watchman over my family. I'm a watchman over wherever God has placed me. And that we are to warn we are to give the word and stand our, our guard. We are to stand our guard and not back down when the enemy comes. 
Because you have a kingdom, you are of a priesthood, you have the authority, and you can stand up and you can command that enemy to go in Jesus. But he says to go and get those captives. Go get them. They're bound. They're bound in depression. Go get them. Go and set them free. But they're bound in addictions. Go. Go set them free. Go give them, go give them my word. His word that is in us is what we are to bring out. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. This is the God I serve. And I know I have a lot more things that I need to learn from him. But when, I, when he was describing about Jesus Christ sitting in his throne room and how he looked, I mean, talk about beauty. <laughs> talk about this awesomeness. And he's, he's so full of love. He's so full of grace. He's so full of mercy. I can tell you story upon story how God, what God is doing in situations that have happened. Death situations, all these situations. But God, through it all, has shown his power forth. God has shown his love through all of them. And what does the word of God say? He brings us out, out of them all. He brings us out, out of them all. Situations, things can change by the word of God. Amen? Praise and worship. While we were doing praise and worship here, ministers' conference, I have told you about how I love praise and uh, I love singing. I like to sing. And uh, during praise and worship, we're sitting over there. And I have shared before about how, how I've seen where angels came and took, uh, I don't know if many of you remember this, but I have seen where angels have come, taken the offering bowl, and just came, kind of, they just came like spontaneous, you know, just coming, taking up the bowl and offering it before God. And um, when we were in ministers' conference here in, in um, uh, just recently, I was sitting over there during praise and worship. And um, all of a sudden, I seen a throne, just a throne, uh, and a, <laughs> not a throne or whatever it was, a throne. I seen a throne, and I seen Jesus sitting on it. While praise and worship was happening, and when, when we were, were singing about loving on him and, and praising him, you know, he stood up, and this is how I saw him. Sitting on the throne, it took up, it took up this, you know, oh, it, it, was, it was a big throne. And um, he stood up as we were singing. And when, when he stood up, he just started to go, just, just, it was like, just, I can't explain it. I only can tell you how I saw him. Standing up as we were praising and worshiping, he just began to dance, dancing over. Your words bring life. Your words give glory to God. And he dances over us as we begin to worship and praise him for what he has. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a whole lot in all of us to worship because he's given me because he's taken this little Indian girl from a community and brought her up into what his plans for my life. So don't ever think God can never do anything. God can. You just wait and see what he can do. Amen? And he's not done. He is not done. He is a glorious God. The way we described him, the way Ezekiel described him, Daniel, that's the way he is. Full of radiance of his glory. And this is the glory, the kingdom that we have in us. He's made you to be a king. He's made you a kingdom. He's made you a priest. We have authority, people. We have authority. We need to speak forth. We need to say what God said. Amen? Whatever he said. And I thank God for uh, being here today to share 
to share whatever it is I have shared already. <laughs> but to get you to know where, where I have come from and to get you to know what God has done in my life and to get you to also know that God has greater plans in place and his plans are all good. They're always for good. You know, the Lord told me just a little while ago when we were in Stanley Mission, uh, when we were over there, uh, after we had the service, uh, we went back to the place we were at. I was uh, thinking about all this, what God had just did. And what the Lord said to me was, he said, there's more for you to do, and I need you to be ready. And uh, he also said he's going to take us places we've never been before, and there's going to be more to do. And we are to be ready. I never thought I'd ever ride a plane. I did. I never thought I'd go overseas. I thought those dreams were just dreams. I would never reach them. But God is able to cause things to happen. And he'll cause you to have your dreams. And even more so. So I want you to speak life. Speak what God has to say. Amen. And bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God.